Hashem is Barach. Yom Chamishi from Parshas Nitzavim Shnas Tov Shem Peyalev Shiva Teferus Avigdim. Today's year is sponsored. Shus Avram David Ben Sora Breiner. He's sponsoring the Shir Le'ilu Nishmas Yehuda Ben Yaakov Buna Bas Chaim Nosen and Labish Velvel Ben Yisrael Zisha. Shibizaycha. Two bracha, atzlocha, all areas of his life, shalom bayis, nachas from the children, parnosa, shtayink, and so on and so forth. Health, the sponsorship. Also, for Yosef Baruch Ben Mordechai should have a full shleima. Also, Chanch Chana Bas Rivka Rochel should have a full shleima. That's another sponsorship for by anonymous for schus of full shleima of these people and a chorus This week's parsha, Torah writes, "Umol Hashem Elikecha, Hashem will circumcise your hearts." It's referring to the end of the Golos, the time. Of Mashiach. It says Hashem will circumcise your heart and the hearts of your children in order that you should love Hashem with all your heart and with all your soul so that you live and succeed. As a Jewish nation. So the great tour, Balaturim, writes that the word Es Levavacha, the Es Levav, your hearts and your children's hearts, the first letters of those words is Aleph, Lamid, Vav Lamet. Know what that spells? Elul. He says Elul is alluded to in this pasuk. 
Just like HaKadosh Baruch Hu at the end of time will bring our hearts to be circumcised, so too in that Pasuk, that very Pasuk is alluded that HaKadosh Baruch Hu El, that means in Elul HaKadosh Baruch Hu will also circumcise our hearts and bring us to the same goal every year before we're about to begin Rosh Hashanah enter the doors of the new year it's the end of the previous year Hashem offers circumcisions for those who want their hearts circumcised and he says therefore the minig is in Klal Yisrael to awaken early and to daven slichas during the month of El you have to know that a Elul is the end of the previous year and it's the preparation for the next year. What's the pshat that therefore we say slichas? And we wake up, he says, to say slichas. You have to know that the problem the Jewish nation is is that they're asleep the Torah talks about that the Golas effect years of being in exile away from the Beis HaMikdash away from Hashem brings a sleepiness brings a sleepiness for <laughs> for this occasion. That's what it brings about. You get tired, you fall asleep. What is sleep? Sleep is when a person weakens his conscious connection to real life. He recedes from the real world and he goes into himself and he closes the windows and the doors and he goes into a subconscious state that state of sleepiness is not the ideal state to serve Hashem in. so since Hashem circumcises our hearts we get up we counter the sleep like mode instead of staying sleeping in and sleeping late like we like to do and we're not excited about going to Davani or things like that an Elo we consciously get up in order to be Zaychet to show Hashem that we're awake we're part of the woke people a new era We've awoken. The whole idea of slichas 
is for a person to demonstrate to Hashem that he doesn't want to be in a sleep-like mode. So when a person doesn't come to sleeches, that person is not just missing sleeches. He's showing Hashem that I'm not interested in awakening. I'm not looking for any awakening. I'm looking to continue my sleep-like moat. Similarly, we blow the shafer during the month of Elul. The Rambam says, <clears throat> this is an illusion. To Uru Yeshenim Mishinaschem. Awake you sleepy ones from your slumber. And the Rambam explains, you want to be in the Rambam? The Rambam explains what people are we trying to awake? What sleep-like state state are we referring to? Next time when I tell you, look at the Chushuvah room and try and open it up. Rambam says there's a remez, there's an illusion in Tkiya Shaifa. Kloimar Uru Yeshenim Mishinasch. The point of being awake is that you could now view yourself honestly, search your ways, the Chizru Bachuva. Do tshuva. And remember your creator. He says, you want to know who the sleep, sleepy ones are? Those are the ones who forget the emes due to the nonsense of what's going on in this material world. And they spend all their years involved, invested in absolute hevel varik, asher loyoyel v'loyatzel, that doesn't help and doesn't save them. Look into your souls, better your ways, and leave your evil ways and your evil thoughts. That is not good. Every one of us goes through a year and we get lulled into a sleep-like state. Our Yitzharahs always manage to seduce us that take a long nap, go into a partial sleep-like state and don't focus on the purpose which you came into the world. Do not think about Hashem all the time. Don't make Hashem 
part of your home life. Don't make him part of your daily, every moment life. You'll pay your taxes, you'll go to shul a little bit, you'll pray to him, daven to him, and then you'll go back into your sleep. You have to know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu constantly wants us to awake and awaken ourselves. Now in this past year, the wake-up calls from Hashem came with dizzying speed. I don't remember my life. I thought about it. I remember another year where Hashem grabbed the world and grabbed Klal Yisrael and shook them and tried to awaken them. No. Yes, there have been instances where Hashem gave us a wake-up call. But what happened was we waited and it passed. And then everybody went back to their sleep. It's like a person is in his house and his baby starts to cry. And he wakes up from his baby and then he can't wait till it's over so he can go back to sleep. Or a guy is sleeping and suddenly all the alarms go off in his house indicating that somebody tripped the security he calls the police he goes down he's all and they come and they check they look at the cameras and they see it was a cat the guy says ah the guy can't wait to get back in the bed pulls covers over and said goodbye but Hashem this year did not let us do that because every time we tried to go back to sleep, Hashem said, well, I'm not finished yet. I got something else for you. Corona, unbelievable. That's that. Meron, unbelievable. Surfside, unbelievable. Manhattan, Hashem took one of the biggest, not the biggest, center of commerce and he turned it into a midbar. Many people have told me that to go through Manhattan during Corona and even till now, it's like dead town city. There's nothing except for a few people that got out of the zoo that are running around. It's a lawless place. When we fell asleep again, Hashem brought Meshugana Schwarzes to go nuts in all the major cities. In LA, in New York, night after night, Portland, Oregon, wherever you want, I'm crazy. Chicago, 
major cities and all near Jews. Hashem woke us up, He kept us up. It was not Stama wake up call. And it wasn't passing in a few minutes. And everybody was screaming. None of that. Our greatest sense of security comes from the police. And what Hashem said, He gave us such a wake up call that everybody, the Schwarz has convinced the world to turn against the police and to fire the police. I'm thinking, Hashem, what are you doing to the world? If you can convince people to fire the police, could you imagine the lawlessness that's going to be in this country? Without a police service, I mean, it's going to be the end of the world, end of the city. And to get the government to defund the police, to get the government to give Musr to the police, I mean, push it by here we're standing up. You're going to call the police, they're going to come, they're not going to come. You've got to be crazy to come. It's all Hashem. It's a wake-up call. Unemployment. People sitting around doing nothing. Waiting for checks in the mail. Welfare checks. You know how many people, millions of people, didn't pay their rent? For no reason. Because they couldn't afford it. They don't pay rent. That's a, that's a lawlessness. Like there's never been, I've never seen a wake-up call. I was thinking if I would be a, a real estate man, I'd be heartbroken. I'd borrow Hashem on real estate. I wouldn't be heartbroken. Imagine that. The whole house decides we're not paying rent. Why? Moratorium. And they keep on pushing the whose hands we're in. They make these crazy laws one after another like they all bump their heads on the ground. We had two leaders in the world. Not Tzaddikim. Who were strong. Who were powerful. Who Hashem let bring changes to the positive, brought security, earned respect, got people to work. Amazing. Like the Jews, we all loved it. Donald Trump was a boom. He was a dream come true. In my history, I never saw such a strong, and that from day one, the guy was getting pounded. But Hashem put him in there, and Hashem kept him in there. The guy should have been the president for the next hundred years. <laughs> I mean, the guy got money back. I mean, what, what did he do? In every promise the guy made, he put up a wall for the immigrants. What kind of a sugar to once foreigners, low-class foreigners, millions of them pouring over the borders? You got to be, that's time retarded. That's like inviting people from the wild jungle who like to eat people into your neighborhood. And that's exactly what they did. They put up a, a president who wasn't sure what state of mind is in. When they asked him what state of mind was, he said, Portland, Oregon. They said, no, no, what state of mind? State of mind? No one told me the answer to that. You know what I mean? It's Rahmanis. The guy took this situation now in Afghanistan and he made such a bizarreness, such a litzonis, such a busha for Asa, for Eden. Mamish Eden who stands on Gaiva, America stands on Gaiva and pride. Not normal. 
a push to think about it. And I'm thinking, I remember President Trump saying, there's no chance this guy's going to beat me. <laughs> if I close my eyes and I tie my hands on my back, I'm winning this race no matter what. I agreed with him. I don't think it was an arrogant statement, but I said, you never know what Hashem has in mind. And Hashem changed the world. That's a wake-up call for the demonstrations that came in all over the country. It's not normal. And then there's this row. You have a guy, the best, strongest. I'm not a Zionist. I don't have any faith in this guy at all. But Hashem put him in there. The guy was the strongest prime minister. He took Eretz Israel and he forged peace deals with our swarm of our sworn enemies. I was thinking that last year when we said Sheikarsu, Sheitamu Sainainu, that our enemies should cease. So there's two ways the enemies can cease. Either they die or they become your friends. And here enemies, sworn enemies who wouldn't let a Jew get near their borders are making peace deals, forging business we're proud of the Jews we want the Jews to be it's absolutely crazy and the Palestinians didn't disappear it's an amazing act now he puts this shaita in there who pushed made himself an evid to Arabs, and to think about it, this guy was a guy who was in top intelligence. He was in one of the strongest units in the Israeli army. The guy swore that he would never join hands with Arabs. I mean, this is like ridiculous. Your worst enemies, you put them as your partners. The guy can't do boo. He had to give them millions, if not billions, of dollars. The guy can't shoot a bullet unless he asks the Arabs permission to. It's not normal. Topsy toby world. And they go against the Yidden. Beforehand, they didn't bother us that much. A little bit just to remind us there's Hashem in the world. But now, everything is Shabbos, everything reformed. Whatever you want, the world's turning over. You have to know it's all Hashem. And Hashem is waking us up like nobody ever woke us up. And Hashem says, I don't want you to fall asleep. There's no sleeping. This time, it's not temporary. Just think of each and every one of the catastrophes that Hashem brought the wake up call the shake up and everybody waits for this to pass and the next one and the next one Hashem wants us to stay alert and Hashem wants us to move our positions to move out of our comfort zones Hashem wants us to move to Him and Hashem wants us to be attached to Him. Hashem wants us to make Hashem our reality. Ramban says on the Pasuk of Amol Hashem, 
Elikecha is Levavcha Hashem will circumcise your hearts is a condition. When does Hashem circumcise our hearts before the Mashiach? When will Hashem circumcise our hearts during El, the end of the year? You know when? When Habolitai, when the person comes to Hashem and he says, Hashem, I want to cleanse myself. I want to purify myself. I want to make changes. Then, Messiah and Isai. The Ramban adds some powerful words. And he says like this. Hashem is promising you. You will turn back to him with all your heart. And he will help you. It does demand that we make a move. Can't wake up from these tragedies and say, oh, turn back to sleep. You got to get out of bed. You got to ask yourself, what am I supposed to be doing? Now, there's a question that needs to be asked over here. If we're talking about a person who chose to come back to Hashem with all his heart and with all his soul, like it says, Vishavata ad Hashem And you'll turn back to him with all your heart and all your soul. So what do you need help for? What do you need assistance from Hashem for? If you turn back to Hashem on your own, you did the right the proper truth. Know what you have to say? That even a person who decides absolutely I want to come back to Hashem and he does everything and he tries to do his best Lemaisa he does not have the kayach to completely win the war and to succeed he has to have Hashem helping him out but if you make your ishtadlis HaKadosh Baruch Hu will help us to do tshuva above and beyond your kaychas. Now there are many people who don't do tshuva because they believe they don't have the kayach to do tshuva. And it's not a false belief. It's not a wrong belief. But from here we learn out the Zahavtach that if you choose to come back to Hashem sincerely Hashem will help you and Hashem will grant you kaychis above and beyond your kaychis I have seen people do such tshuva and seen the hand of Hashem like nobody's business I once received a call from somebody told me his name was Leo he said Rabbi I want to learn Torah he spoke a little funny to me I said that's nice so what do you want he said I want you to teach me Torah I said we have classes we have this you can come no he wants to learn Torah with me so 
I told him there's other institutions in town. Maybe call them that they'll help you. I nicely try to pass him along. A week later, he calls me back. He said, I tried. I want to learn Torah. I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to meet you. I told him to come by lunch. He drove up. Nice Rolls Royce. And he comes in. He was an older, elderly. He was an elderly. He was already 70 plus at that time. And today I wouldn't call him elderly. Uh, but we sat down and he said he wants to learn Torah. I said, why do you want to learn Torah? He said, I made a promise to Hashem. I said, when was that promise made? When I was 11 or 12. I said, really, what were the circumstances behind that promise? He said, my mother was religious and she kept the family religious. The whole family, I grew up religious in Cleveland. It was all my mother's chus. I had four sisters older than me. I was the only boy. And then my mother died when I was 11. And the family decided they didn't need religion anymore. And I felt guilty, but I went along with them. I didn't have much of a choice. But I promised Hashem that someday I'm going to come back. And I think now it's time to make good on my promise. I said, are you a serious customer? I said, you know, if I'm going to give you my time, my time is very precious. You want me to give up my personal time, and I give a lot of time to teach people Torah. You're going to have to have a commitment. I want a commitment from you. 100%. Rabbi, whatever you tell me, I'm I'm doing. I said, okay. I want you guys to go out and buy a Mishnayis. Ask for the picture Mishnayis on Sukkah. I said, I want you to get a notebook. I want you to get pencils and pens. I want you to get a tape recorder. And I want you to give up all the nonsense you're involved in in your life. And trust me, he was involved in enough nonsense from morning till night, we can't imagine. Then you're going to come here every lunch and I'm going to learn with you for 45 minutes. You're going to do homework like you never did homework. And you're going to master the material. And your life's going to change. And he said to me, you know, I have children. I said, yeah, tell me about them. He said, my oldest, I have a son, one son I have. And my son is Nebuch. He calls himself happy. Gay. But he's not happy. And he's Nebuch not, gonna, not planning on getting married in normal fashion. I said, next, I have a daughter who's married to Mr. Black. I said, is he Mr. Black? No, he's white, but he's Mr. Black. His name is Mr. Black. 
but he's not Jewish. It's okay. And then he had another child that was married to a non-Jew that wrapped up his family. He had some Enochlech grandchildren that were total guy. I said, label. I said, I'm not calling you Leo anymore. I'm calling you label. That's what his mother used to call him. So I called him label. I said, label. If you do tshuva amitis, I'm giving you my word that I'm going to turn over the world to bring all your kids back. By the way, where did they live? Well, my son lives in Denver. I said, I've never been there. My daughter lives in Harrisburg, Mr. Black. And my other daughter lives in Florida. I said, Label, I gave you my word. I'm going to try my hardest. You're going to come back. And we started to learn. Within the first 10 minutes, I realized I had somebody who was extremely learning disabled. When he read the word sukkah, he was able to read Hebrew, but sukkah was not sukkah, sukkah was kusa. It was dyslexic, he said everything backwards. So sukkah shehi was kusa hisha. So we were, to- we were learning in Chinese, and that was a language I don't know. So after 45 minutes of teaching him, first seven words, I said, I'm going to have to teach you now how to get past your dyslexia. I said, are you aware of the fact you're dyslexic? He wasn't sure. I said, 70-year-old, you're not sure? I mean, you're stupid also. I'm not stupid, could you be? What do you mean, you didn't realize? I told him, let me teach you how to be dyslexic. And I taught him how to put your finger on the first syllable, the first letter, read that alone, separately, then you read the second one. After 45 minutes, I saw this was going to be Gannon. So, but he taped, he taped it, he wrote down the words, Tell me, go home, review this Mishnah, the first line. You come back tomorrow with the Mishnah written up nicely from anew, and you better be able to read this line well. At 10.30 at night, the guy calls, I learned it about lunchtime. 10.30 at night, the guy calls me and he says, Rabbi, I said, yes, what's the matter, label? He said, I got to know what this word means. Fidonos. I said, Fidonos. There's no word fidanos in that Mishnah. It was diphanos. I said, oh, no. So okay, forget that word. We'll talk about it tomorrow. And I started to learn it again. And we learned. And we learned. And I really thought it was... Uh, one of the Rosh Hashivas of Tels told me, you're wasting your time. He said, the Gemara says to try to teach an old person, Taira is like writing on paper that was already all written on and you try to erase it right over it. He said, it's, it's, what are you wasting time for? I said, Hashem gave me this challenge. I do it during lunchtime. He said, does he pay you? I said, no. But he wants to learn. And it was a challenge to me. So I, we started going from first Mishnah to the second Mishnah, the third finished the Perik finished the second Perik and we had a lot of stories in the middle I said it's time to work on the grandkids I said the first thing I want you to do is to contact your son I said I don't talk to my son we haven't talked in years contact him does he have a birthday coming up soon I said put a hundred dollars in the envelope 
and that was one. Of, that's another one of his uh, disabilities. <laughs> he had a very difficult time to part with his money. He told me he only had. I asked him once, "How much money? How much could you live on your money?" He said, "My accountant says till I'm 169." <laughs> I said, "I'm not sure you're going to make it till 169. Probably by one, by 165, you'll be out of here. So why don't you take the money from the last three years and invest it into your kids?" <laughs> I told him to send off for his son for birthday, and tell him I want to go forward positive. And you're going to offer him a free trip to Israel. Then you're going to offer him Eretz Yisrael, Yerushalayim. And once I get him on the Holy Land, I'll already get people, my spies, to grab him and spiritually kidnap him and brainwash him. He says, but Rabbi, he's, he's from the other kind. I said, uh, they have soap for everything. <laughs> In Israel, they have all kinds of soaps. The kids here, that was one bird. Then one girl, one daughter said she was having a hard time with her husband. She was ready to dump him from Florida. I said, tell her she should move up to Cleveland right away and you'll pay for her move. She moved not far from here. Some center. The third one was in Harrisburg. We had three children, two boys and one girl. I said, you know what? Invite your grandson up here. Invite the grandson up here. I told you, bring the kid to me when he comes here. The kid came. And it was a very nice kid. It was very easy to connect with him. I pumped him up about Avram Avinu. And Yitzchak. And Yaakov. We're tough. We Jews are. The world is afraid of us. We're SOMs. So what's that? I said, sons of men. <laughs> you know, and the guys went for it. I told them, label, now I want you to offer your kids. You're going to put, I told your grandkids, don't you want to go to a Jewish school? You want to be in a school with a bunch of Goyim? Now, their own father was a Goyim member. But they sent him to the Harrisburg Academy, Hebrew Academy. And they sent him there. I told them, you got to pay like a tattle. You got to wear all these years. You never paid one year of tuition from school. Now you're going to pay like a tattle. I twisted his arm. I screamed a little bit. I cajoled him. But he finally started. We got one kid in the school. Got the next kid in the school. The third kid in the school. They came up here for Pesach, the whole family. And Mr. Black came to see me. And Mr. Black says to me, Rabbi, I appreciate so much what you did for my family. I'm thinking, you what? I'm rubbing my eyes. I said, he said, I understand my kids are Jewish. They should have some Jewish education. I'm very happy to have. He says, Rabbi, now you know what I want to do? I said, no. I want to sell you Muhammad's. I said, excuse me? He said, I want to sell you Muhammad's. I said, you don't have to sell them. It's because you're not Jewish. We sell you the hummets. My kids are talking about selling the hummets. I said, they're hummets they can sell to you. You don't have to sell, you don't have to sell your hummets. You can keep your hummets happily. It was amazing. I saw the Yad of Hashem. We sent this kid to Eretz Yisrael. His son went to Eretz Yisrael. And his son met up with the right people there. And they dragged him into Yeshiva. It was crazy. It was wild. And then the people from Harrisburg moved to Cleveland also. They put him in the Hebrew Academy. It wasn't normal. It was the stamp. 
The whole time the guy was complaining it was too expensive. I told him, you're sugar. I told him. You have money, you can drown in your money. You have no nachas. Hashem's giving you nachas. You're not doing anything except just funding it. You know what kind of miracle you're experiencing? But I saw the pshadis. If Hashem wants, He can circumcise anybody's heart. He can circumcise the heart of you, your heart. He can circumcise your children's heart. And Hashem could bring you back and do tshuva. He could bring your kids back. His wife told me, my husband, when he met you first, he was 70. You know how much he is now? 50. Now he's 50. He went back 20 years. And then we after Sukkah, made a big seam on Sukkah. Here in Yeshiva. Then we started Yuma. And we started Yuma. And we finished Yuma. And after Yuma seam, everybody from Tells came. He had a big, 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 big seam here. And he got up and he said, I have some good news and I have some bad news. The good news is, um, my life has changed since I met the rabbi. Since I began to learn. The bad news is, I'm moving out of Cleveland. I'm leaving. I look up and I say, where are you going? He said, it's time I go to Shem Yeshiva. I never went to Yeshiva yet. I'm going to Yeshiva or Sameach in Yushalayim. I said, what? He said, yeah, I've been asking you questions about it. And I've been checking it up in the bag. It's all arranged. We're moving there to Israel next week. We have an apartment already. I'm not going to be in the Yeshiva. They're not, they're not going to adore me because I'm married. So, I'm not going to dorm there, but I'll have my own apartment. I'm going to learn Yeshiva. And he went to learn our Sameach. He told me, it's pretty interesting, he says. The age difference between me and the next student is about 50 years. <laughs> but he went to learn in our Sameach. And he learned in our Sameach. And then when the, scud, the, the Iraqis started throwing the scuds in Eretz Israel, he jumped on a plane and he came back. But I saw what it means to do tshuva and Hashem to respond in amazing ways. We could all do that. We could all make our futures totally different. We have to just make a choice to come back to Hashem and turn back to Hashem. You gotta awaken. You gotta stay awake. If you stay awake and stay with Hashem, you'll be spared all these crazy things that are going on in the country. But if you're in deep sleep mode, and you're not awakening. You're not waking. You know you don't want to be awakened. And Hashem will do things to you that are not going to be pleasant to get you awake. It will be zeicher to awaken and have a ksiv of